Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From Backpage, my name is Martin Gregg and welcome back to Between the Lines, the stories behind great sports writing. The last time you heard from me, I promised we'd be back in August and here we are in October. Finally, we've got a new batch of episodes for you and apologies for the delay, but the reason for the delay is actually the subject of this episode. We have been working super hard to produce a new book. It's called At the End of the Storm, Stories from Liverpool's Historic Title Win and it is produced in partnership with The Athletic. Now, if you don't know who or what The Athletic is, it's a subscription-based website which produces high-quality sports writing and it launched in the UK in 2019 with a stellar list of names from Oliver Kay and Danny Taylor to Rafa Honigstein and Simon Hughes. All of those four writers are included in the book, but the star of the show is James Pierce, who covers Liverpool for The Athletic. The book is a brilliant collection of pieces which tells the story of Liverpool's title win last season and this episode is a behind the scenes peek at how the book came together. It features myself, my backpage partner in crime, Neil White and Pete Burns of Polaris who we are co-publishing the book with. Enjoy. Okay, so let's go back to the genesis of the idea. Pete, you were reading all this great Liverpool writing from The Athletic over your cornflakes every morning. And at some point you had this publisher's eureka moment where you thought all this great stuff could be made into a book. I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, throughout the season, uh, you're seeing these incredible pieces pop up. And the whole idea of a long read is quite a unique thing nowadays. And it's such a nice thing to if you have the time to get into and, and read these articles and the ambition of them is, of some of them is just extraordinary. But we're, I was sitting there and it was the week Liverpool got confirmed as champions and on the Monday, the, uh, the email comes in from The Athletic and it says that we've got a week of amazing exclusives and articles celebrating 30 years since they last won the title. And I was like, God, this is some, just, just even just looking at the titles of the articles that are coming up, I was like, God, this stuff is absolutely incredible. So throughout the week I'm reading reading these articles and I'm just thinking these, because they're coming out so regularly as well, these are just going to disappear into the athletic archive. Like, so if you have your subscription, you can obviously go back and read them, but they really deserve prosperity in, in, a, in a print book. And so maybe we could actually get in touch with them and, and see if we can do something like that. I think this idea of curation is an important one here, Neil, because when we started putting together a list of pieces that might make it into the book, I reckon it probably totaled something like a quarter of a million words. And this speaks to your point, Neil, about curation, because you know, even if you're like an avid consumer of that Liverpool content, there's not actually many athletic subscribers that will have read every single word of that. No, so this was the first lesson that I think all of us learned when we started to try to compile the stories that were going to feature in the book in the end was that I hadn't, I hadn't read most of them and there was a huge chunk of them that I had never even been aware of. So I think especially if you're not a Liverpool fan 
logging onto that app every single day, then there are some fantastic pieces, and we're going to talk about some of them, that just slide off your home screen. And the consistency of the quality of the writing and the ideas is such that there's always something to read on that on that front page. You know, there's always a, a great way to spend 20 minutes of your morning on that front page. So unless you are bookmarking these long reads that you want to go back to, then I certainly learned very early on in this process that there must be an absolute treasure trove of stuff across, you know, the entirety of the Premier League, um, all of the major US sports. I mean, imagine the, the great pieces that none of the three of us have read. In terms of the, the structure of the book, obviously that was something that we had to give a great deal of thought to really quite quickly but I think the chronological structure presented itself pretty quickly we wanted this idea of taking you through the season month by month um, and I think we always had this idea of momentum in our minds you know that you're being carried through the book at you know at the speed of at the speed of this Liverpool team at the speed of a Liverpool counter-attack that's what you wanted because that's what the the material deserved not to get bogged down in I wouldn't say extraneous stuff but but to keep the focus tightly on the title winning season the key characters involved the key games involved and yet you get this idea of just whipping right through the season in the same way that the team did yeah I mean look, let's be honest most of the good ideas here come from the incredible staff of the athletic right and this is kind of something that we just identified that was already present in the way they're they do their job which is you know they're they're recording these they're writing these pieces they're reporting basically the story of this title win in real time in present tense and when you're looking back at it from a month, two months after the event, reading those pieces, it really did give you a sense of, of reliving the season. It gave you a sense of kind of like watching one of those old VHS tapes that you would get, you know, at the end of a, a Premier League season that, that kind of retell the story. And that made any idea that we had of doing something maybe more cute with the chronology of the pieces, it was kind of easy to disregard that, you know, to, to focus on a month by month. We always talked about momentum, the momentum being the the engine that drives the book. And yeah, I don't think we had many second thoughts about that. Before we go on to talk about our favourite pieces, I think when we alighted on that structure, I think it did make for some hard decision making, but maybe the decision making became easier after we alighted on that structure, I think, because to give you a couple of examples, I mean, Simon Hughes has got a wonderful big profile piece in Jordan Henderson, um, which is about 8,000 words, but it didn't make it into the book. Ollie Kay wrote a 20,000 word piece, uh, 30 Years of Heart, where he basically, he interviewed a key protagonist from every year, running from when Liverpool last won the title 30 years ago to, to this one and, and it's brilliant but when you have that chronological structure particularly Ollie's piece you, you can't fit it in there you can't fit it into this month by month seasonal structure because we even had this this conversation about whether we splice it up and drop it in between every month but even that didn't work so Again, we were coming back to this idea of momentum that we have to just keep the pace of the story moving and that became the driving force in, in the structural decisions we made. The other thing that influenced the selection of the pieces was the the events of lockdown. You know, the fact that the season suddenly goes on pause, the fantastic access that the writers have suddenly isn't the same. They're not going to matches. Matches for a whole chunk of time aren't taking place and then they are behind closed doors. And the kind of disjointed nature of the season is reflected towards the, the end of the book. And there were some really difficult choices that we had to make about which pieces from the COVID era of the season, the post-lockdown era, the lockdown and the post-lockdown era of the season went in. 
Um, but yeah, I think in the end, I mean, you pick up this book and you're just absolutely rocking and rolling right through the season. There's some fantastic pieces that we're going to get into, right? Yeah, I mean, just going back to yourself, Pete, that's probably the the, the kind of eureka moment for you when you, uh, because the, the Athletic produced this series of articles across I don't know if it was 10 days or a fortnight and they just said like every single day we're going to do more and more pieces about this title triumph but obviously the, the fallow months of, of lockdown gave them the opportunity to build up this material and really plan for what was almost an inevitable coronation for Liverpool but that, that all lent itself to, to the moment where it lands in your inbox and you say right I'm, I've got a feast of, of, of writing in front of me to consume Yeah I mean it's the, the thing that gets me about it which is so impressive is it's not just you know match reports. You know that's the wrong way to think about this book. If you if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the articles and you haven't seen the book, it's not a match report book, game by game, taking you through the season. It's long, thoughtful reads. Like the depth of it and the ambition of it is, you know, sometimes extraordinary. The article that you're going to talk about, Martin, and the one I'm going to talk about, the ambition of them is just extraordinary. And yours came about probably helped a huge amount by the lockdown and the t- as you say having the time to do the research that they did um and the end result of it is just you know you don't see that in in modern journalism now and it's just extraordinary it's one of the great shames of the demise of the newspapers and you obviously still get your sunday broadsheets which have feature pieces but you know it's not it's nothing like it used to be and this is a channel for that kind of classic journalism long reads giving your writer the time and space and the budget to go and and do these extraordinary uh, produce these extraordinary pieces yeah i mean that probably leads quite nicely onto the piece that you've chosen pete because you you mentioned three words here time space budget and all of those are important to ollie k's trip to senegal to spend spend an evening with sadio mani's family watching the liverpool man city game from last November. Mm-hmm. It's extraordinary. So it's his 100th Liverpool start and Oli Kay goes out to Senegal. And it's, I mean, it's just an extraordinary, the, as I say, it's the ambition and the vision to do a, a story like this. So he, he goes out to Senegal. He's got a two and a half hour car journey through dirt tracks across a ferry to eventually get to this village. And on the site where Sadio Mane grew up on a in a shed with a corrugated tin roof is now a mansion that he's built for his family and there's 40 family members live in this mansion he's built a school and he's put all this money into back into his village and it's just it's an extra it's an, it's an amazing life-affirming piece of writing um, and they sit and they watch as he plays a crucial part in in Liverpool beating City on that on that day and the, and the family just go mad and lovely touches like his Sadio Mane's mum can't watch him play live she will watch the game later when she knows that you know if he's performed well she can go in and watch it again and just these amazing touches like that I mean that I suppose is for all that you know that you love watching football for the the goals and the incredible bits of skill what makes great sport writing sports writing is people and the people at the heart of it and if you can if you can actually dig down into that and to send a writer out to senegal on this journey to watch a game over tv i mean it's just an amazing idea and it is delivered so well the writing is brilliant it's the sense of where he is is incredible and the power of what Sadio Mane is doing back home is just unbelievable 
Um, and that is just, uh, I mean, it just blew my, blew my mind when I read it. And that alone could have been a book. And I think it's, it's just a wonderful piece right in the center of this, of this book. I think that's a brilliant point, you know, that it could have been a book. You learn so much about this guy that, you know, you just kind of watch as part of that Liverpool team and you think, great, you know, one of the best explosive forwards in the Premier League for the last 20 years, probably. Incredibly successful, incredibly wealthy athlete. I don't think I'd ever sort of stopped and wondered about where he came from, you know, and how different his his whole story is from someone like... Andy Robertson, for example, from, you know, from nearer to where we're recording this or, um, or Jordan Henderson and the, the detail that you get, not just from the experience that Ollie's having meeting Manny's family members, but from the story that he tells about, uh, Manny growing up and, you know, the, the journey that he's, that he's been on. I imagine Oliver Case sitting there going, how has a kid watching kids playing in the street there? How is a kid from here made it to this that that point? It's just it's extraordinary. It's amazing. It's everything you should love about football. Okay, let's go on to the second choice then, Neil. You've picked a piece which is right at the start of the book, which is a big set piece interview uh, by James Pierce with the American owners of Liverpool. Yeah. So you know, full disclosure, I was aware what Pete and Martin had chosen for their pieces and I wanted to make sure that for anybody listening to this we got kind of three pieces that reflected different parts of um, the compilation there's a couple of reasons I wanted to go for this one like I think the athletic is so impressive because they have incredible ideas they have incredible analysis the quality of writing is fantastic and then the final piece of the puzzle for me is access, which for a long time has been like one of the cornerstones of everything that, that me and Martin certainly have tried to do with Backpage, is to find writers that have got genuine access to people at the top of sports. So this is a pure access piece, all right? It's a budget piece too, because James Pierce is sent out to Boston at the, in the summer, the, um, the summer before the season begins, to interview Tom Werner, the, the, the top of the... Uh, decision-making tree at Fenway Sports Group, the owners of Liverpool. And it works really well in a bunch of bunch of ways. So, you know, you have to have the access. You have to be able to convince Liverpool that, that you're the right organisation to go out and, and have a lengthy sit-down with the most um, important shot caller in the organisation, first of all. It works so well in our book because they cover, they set up the story almost like if you were writing, you know, the script for the movie of that championship win. You'd want to set up the the story at the start by explaining where this has all come from so the interview with uh, Tom Warner deals with the transition the rocky transition from the previous owners to FSG who also own the Boston Red Sox it explains the lessons that FSG have learned through ownership of the Red Sox with whom they've become incredibly successful multiple world series titles for the baseball team it explains that kind of initial kind of um, atmosphere, the toxic atmosphere that that was still present amongst the Liverpool support that kind of got used to losing and to being kind of taken for granted as well. And the steps that the ownership took to slowly turn that around, the investment that they made, which wasn't like upfront, although in the last few windows, I think the narrative has changed. And now we see Liverpool spending the kind of money that 
that Man City and Chelsea and Man United have, have spent in recent seasons. Liverpool are definitely at that table now. But the story that uh, James Pearson and Tom Warner tell in this piece is one of initial investment in infrastructure, in the training facility, in the fan experience, in coaching and management staff. It's really, really interesting. It kind of builds you up to a point where you understand where this relatively organic in terms of elite, elite Premier League um, football clubs success has come from. And it makes you believe in the sort of longevity of the idea as well. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward sit down. It's great selection of quotes, I think, from James Pierce. I imagine if he goes over to Boston and spends this amount of time with the owner of Liverpool, de facto owner of Liverpool, that he ends up with tens of thousands of words. And he's really selected his themes very, very well. So access was one reason that I wanted to pick this piece. And the second reason was James Pierce. The the piece that you've picked there, um, Pete, is an Ollie K piece. Love Ollie. He's been on the show um, on Between the Lines himself before. He's a fantastic writer. And Martin's going to get onto one of their fantastic multi-authored piece, pieces, which, which they do wonderfully well. I'm really glad that we get to speak about one that James wrote himself because this um, this book carries his byline for you know maybe 70% of the pages and as a former sports journalist it was really impressive to get a picture of the quality of his beat reporting you know because the athletic recruited him from the Liverpool Echo his job was to be all over that football club day in and day out and he's carried that over but he is now super powered because he has the the athletic behind him you know, so he has more time, more budget, um, more support, you know, editorial support. And it just shines through in the pieces that he writes. So I'm really glad that we get to talk for a little while about James. And I think if you wanted to kind of hand pick, if you wanted to sketch out a really good scene setter to start this book, it turned out that, that this one-to-one in Boston with, with Tom Werner just fitted the bill down to a T. It's great to talk about James Pierce and also Simon Hughes because I think the first piece of athletic Liverpool coverage that really knocked me out was it was prior to Brendan Rodgers going back to Anfield with his Leicester team, so it maybe be last October, and it was it was a piece co byline piece with James and Simon reflecting on the Rodgers era at, at Liverpool and breaking it down into its constituent parts, what worked, what didn't work, and was but just how things didn't quite mesh in the same way that, that it did for Klopp when he arrived. But the piece just like groaned with on the record and off the record insight. It just spoke to two journalists kind of at the peak of their powers who were able to use all this experience and contacts that they build up over you know the previous decade or so and really break something down at considerable length. They have a level of experience that you can't fake. I think if you're going to be producing that volume and quality of pieces two or three times a week, then you have to bring the level of experience and insight that they bring to it. And I think that was the biggest revelation for me that I felt that James Pierce and Simon Hughes are worthy chroniclers of that club because this is an incredible time at that club and you want to capture everything that's going on and the level of detail that goes into everything that happens on the park and off the park. And they do it because they have all this experience and that, I think that's part of what's made this book so enjoyable. Liverpool aren't letting everybody in to that story. You know, they're just not. And if The Athletic hadn't recruited these two guys who already had levels of trust, uh, you know, with the people who grant that access at the football club, 
then their Liverpool coverage wouldn't be as as impressive as it is. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned you mentioned Simon because those two guys are really the ones that that do most of the heavy lifting with the the coverage that we've used to for this book. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. All right, so, so I'll just round things off with my choice of piece, which is headlined Liverpool's title winners by the coaches who discovered them, published on July the 21st, 2020. The bylines on it are Simon Hughes, James Pearce, Charlotte Harper, Oliver Kay, Raphael Honigstein and Jack Lang. And just a quote from the introduction to that piece, they say, The Athletic has spent the last six months attempting to track down each player's first coach. This pursuit has taken us to villages in rural Egypt, where Mo Salah was spotted by a scout before he'd even played a competitive game of football. It's also taken us to the housing estates of the Netherlands and the suburbs of Switzerland. I did a work count on it this morning, it's actually 11,000 words, and it covers everyone from Trent Alexander-Arnold with 36 appearances to Shakiri with 7 appearances the thing that struck me about that is this is the type of article that would never obviously never appear in a newspaper because you just couldn't have anything remotely near that length but also rarely appears in an online sports piece either but I think Again, it goes back to the strength of the idea. The idea of it covering all these different players, I think, gave the 11,000 words a great structure as well because it doesn't feel like a huge slab of text. Pete, you've used the word ambition several times in this conversation. To me, this was a really ambitious project. It also spoke to forward planning because, you know, it takes a long time to go around and, and collate this material. So they must have been planning this for, for a long, long time. Uh, I think it also helped that Liverpool were stick-ons for the title from quite an early point um, and also that we had the, the, the lockdown months as well so they were collating all this stuff but I think that's what the Athletic do best you know, they come up with a really good idea but they take the time to build up the piece and there's also some brilliant images in the piece as well of, of these players when they were, you know, in, in short trousers and, and playing in all manner of different parks and it's just, it's just wonderful to get these kind of origin stories yeah, it was a knockout piece but a very digestible piece, considering that it was eleven thousand words long. It's my favourite piece in the, you know, in the in the book. I think it's pretty staggering, you know, on every single level. You whip through it. It's a fantastic read. I learned so much, and it kind of highlights every aspect of all that makes you know the athletic such an enticing proposition to anybody who's serious about you know reading relevant and exciting 
and imaginative sports writing. If the last story gave us a chance to talk about James Pierce, then I just want to name check Alex Kajowski, who runs the desk, the Premier League desk for the Athletic. And although I've never met him, never spoken to him, I imagine from everything that, that the writers have told me in conversations with them, it sounds as though a lot of the ideas which really are at the core of everything that we've been talking about today, come from or are significantly influenced by him. And it's the power of this idea that, that, that makes it, you know, you're right, it's the time, it's the dedication that they've had to take on that idea from the period where it looked fairly certain that Liverpool would win and then they're obviously aided by the pause in the season, give some time to really bring it home. But, but God, do they bring it home? You know, so many great stories in that piece. I think my... You know, I, I straight away thought about um, the one on Wijnaldum, which was great. You know, his development story in, in Holland and how he's initially coveted by all these clubs. And the things that youth scouts see in each of these players, you know, as you go through Mane and Salah and um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson, and, you know, the, and the entire team. Just the things that each scout sees and the kinks in the road for some of them. Unbelievable piece. Can't think about any other piece that I read that is like it. If I was to recommend one piece in the book for anybody to read, then I don't even have to think twice. It's that one. Let's just finish up with a naked attempt to, to widen our customer base. I think the point I'd like to make is that I don't think you necessarily need to be a Liverpool fan to enjoy this book. I don't think neither of us or uh, the three of us are Liverpool fans. And I think when you're just immersing yourself in sports writing that's this good and personalities that are this compelling, then you can't really go wrong. 100%. I mean, that's what I was really kind of referring to in many ways, talking about what is it that makes great sport writing, sports writing, and it's the, it's the people and the personalities at the heart of it. I mean, you could read about any team in any sport. If the characters are interesting, you're going to be 100% into it. And... Uh, it's, it's some of the stuff is just fascinating yeah I and mean, that's what great sports writing is and that's what this this whole book is yeah well you know you could have been reading this about a man city title win or a new york yankees world series win or you know a new england patriots super bowl win wouldn't matter you know it's the quality of the ideas quality of writing and the stories Thank you for listening to Between the Lines and please check out our Groaning Archive. There's plenty more episodes to come in this series and if you would like to pre-order At the End of the Storm, there is a link in the show notes to this episode. The book will be out on October the 15th in hardback. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 